0: You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 222 with Michael O'Brien. Today, we're asking you to grab a PBR for your last bad day.
1: Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, Former Army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael.
0: What is going on, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, and I'm so honored to be here with you today. I'm honored that you would take a little bit of time out of your life while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing and listening to myself and whatever guest we happen to have on for the day and today happens to be Michael O'Brien and the day of the launch of this episode is September 20th and that just happens to be Michael's birthday. So Michael, I want to wish you an amazing happy birthday from Men of Abundance and I have to give a shout out to the amazing Nicole Jensen. She introduced us and she has introduced me to so many amazing people. I thank you very much, Nicole, for all of the amazing introductions. You have greatly enhanced my life just through our conversations between you and I and all of the amazing men and women you've introduced me to. And I know you've made a huge impact on all of our abundant leaders out there listening to Men of Abundance. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for being the abundant leader that you are. And for all of you listening out there, I greatly appreciate every single one of you for listening. And especially those of you who have been sharing Men of Abundance with your circles, we are getting a lot of buzz, we're getting a lot more downloads here at Men of Abundance and many more people are visiting the website. That just means that more people are getting these amazing conversations and getting on their journey to living a life of abundance and paying it forward to their community and to the world in many cases. So please keep doing what you're doing being abundant in your actions, and paying it forward by sharing Men of Abundance with those that you come in contact with. And if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast player it is that you're listening to if there's an option for that. If you have any question on how to do that, just go to Men of Abundance, click on the podcast tab, and underneath any one of the podcasts, There's a podcast player and there's buttons underneath there and one of them says leave a review. You can go there and leave a review on iTunes, five star, four star, three star, whatever it is, just be honest because I do read every single one of them and I look forward to learning how we can make Men of Abundance even better. And when I say we, I'm referring to myself and all of the amazing guests and those that refer guests to Men of Abundance. I have one more really quick announcement if you're listening to this on September 20th this is your last day to register for Russell Brunson's 30 day challenge what this is is he has talked to 30 people that have that he's been working with 30 very successful people and he asked them what would you do if you lost every single thing today you don't have your cell phone all you have is your knowledge and nobody knows who you are, you're not a celebrity, you're not the guy you are today, you're starting from scratch, what would you do? I'm here to tell you, I've been in these videos, there's 30 videos, and I've been listening to them and downloading their day-by-day, day day one to day 30, step-by-step process on what they would do. So for instance, John Lee Dumas is in there. I already had a conversation with John Lee months ago. You can search him up for Men of Abundance. I'll put his link in the show notes of this episode. And just today, I've been listening to and I've been reading through step by step, Akbar Sheikh's uh, plan. And Akbar, I'm going to be having a conversation with him here in a couple weeks. I'm super excited about that, especially after reading through his step by step, because he's basically in the same niche that I'm in, as far as coaching. And I'm telling you what, I already have some good stuff in place, some a great plan from my coaches. But he has given me some amazing ideas step by step on what to do to not only continue building my business, but also to refer to my clients. Now, here's the thing. Akbar actually knows what this feels like to start from nothing because he was homeless at one point and he started building his business when he was homeless. So he knows what he's talking about from experience and he is in the millions right now with his business and growing. He is an amazing and very passionate man and on top of all the videos that you'll have access for life Russell has put all of these stories into a book and you'll have the hard copy and the hardcover book as well now I gotta say right up front because it's the rules I am affiliated with this program and as Russell explains in the video I will get a commission based off of your purchase but I'm telling you right now I could care less about getting any commissions whatsoever Because the investment was so, so low for the return on investment. It was low regardless. But the return on investment has already paid off for me personally. And I've only had access to it for the last couple days. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can either go in the show notes and click on the link or go to wallyrecommends.com forward slash 30 days wallyrecommends.com forward slash 30 days and check out the video where Russell is going to share with you what this whole thing is all about and what the challenge is about, but more importantly, get access to those videos and that book. Now let me introduce you to our future guest. Today we're talking with Michael O'Brien. Michael helps sales and marketing leaders who are juggling it all slay the internal feelings of worry and doubt, so they can accomplish complete success. Before starting his executive coaching firm, Peloton Coaching and Consulting, Michael spent over two decades in the pharmaceutical bio industry in roles that ranged from sales to marketing to executive leadership. He is also very lucky to be alive. On July 11, 2001, he was struck head-on by a speeding SUV while on a training bike ride. Michael considers this to be his last bad day, and he shares his journey from being a human doer to a human being in his best-selling memoir, *Shift: Creating Better Tomorrows, and donates all the proceeds to the World Bicycle Relief. Finally, Michael is an active volunteer and corporate sponsor for the Healthcare Business Women's Association, and an advocate for gender parity. He lives in Bergen County, New Jersey, with his wife, two daughters, three dogs, and Rosie the Cat. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Michael O'Brien. Michael, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing?
1: Good, Wally. Aloha. Aloha. So hope uh, hope you your know, day in Hawaii is going well.
0: Well, I'm no longer in Hawaii. <gasps> <laughs> I know the episodes that are still airing, I was still in Hawaii, except for some of the pre-show stuff, but I, I officially moved to Florida June 13th.
1: Very June 14th, cool. I
0: arrived June 14th, Yeah.
1: Welcome to the East Coast.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I'm glad to be back with family. We've never lived here, but my family moved here in September. So, yeah, just excited to be here. And uh, people always have, we were, my wife and I were just talking this weekend. She's like, well, we're on our way to get a uh, couple's massage. And she's like, so how are you liking it so far? I was like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm really digging it. It's it's nice. We're going to um, SeaWorld this weekend for my youngest Boy's birthday, well, I say my youngest and middle boy, both birthdays in August, so yeah, we're digging it, man.
1: Very cool. Well, I think you had everyone at couples massage. So I think you, know, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't dig that then I'm not sure what you can dig.
0: Yeah, you got to man. We try to do that once a month. We did it in Hawaii and in Hawaii it was cool because we used to go to the uh, Hawaii Massage Academy and either get the students or some of the certified, but the students, you know, it was really cheap. It was cool. So, but here we tried it out. We just gave it a try for the first time and you know, we Try it around a few different places but I think we like the one that we uh, first started with but it's important man to do stuff like that with your spouse but also massages are just important you know for medical reasons.
1: Oh absolutely uh, amen to that so I I try to incorporate some type of massage in, in sort of my wellness program myself but and also I'll second or echo what you said. I just had a date date night with my wife. You know, you have to dedicate mm-hmm. that time. You got to invest in your relationships if you want your relationships to be there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's important to do it with your kids too.
1: You bet. Yeah. You bet. So, where are you at in the world? I'm outside of New York City in New Jersey. So, all the people here eventually moved down to Florida. So, we're gonna send them. <laughs> we're gonna send them all your way. But I've I've been an East Coaster all my life. Grew up in upstate New York. Went to school in Virginia. Headed to DC and came up to new jersey for my corporate job and a couple kids later and a lot of roots we're still here 20 years 20 years after we moved and eventually we'll move out of the area we just don't know where yet
0: yeah that's one of the places i have not been but we are definitely going to be taking a road trip to because my wife has family out there uh in uh they're between queens and manhattan and you know a couple, three uh, two uncles and and uh and an aunt and a couple cousins that are out there in uh in new york so i'm looking forward to getting out there and checking that out
1: well very cool you you're gonna have to drop me uh drop me a line and i'll give you some tips it, it's a beautiful place to live i know new jersey and the area sometimes gets a bad rap but there is a energy about being close to new york and you got you got everything you can possibly grab right so you can't you know, talk, talk about abundance, it has everything. So yeah. uh, I think you'll have a ball when you're up. It, completely different than Hawaii, completely <laughs> different than Florida, but uh, you yeah. know, every place we can really appreciate what it means and what it represents and sort of take what we want to take from it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and I'm looking forward to it too. So before we get too much into our conversation, you know I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man, what do you have to be grateful for today?
1: Well, certainly there's a lot, just the normal stuff, but I, I want to actually share something with you in the audience. I have a lot of gratitude for our current struggle that we're in f- with our nation. You know, I know there's a lot there's a lot of drama in our current nation, but I think right right now we can be grateful for our struggle. And I think that this moment right here gives us one big mirror to put up so we can look at it and determine who do we want to be as a country? You know, this whole thing called America was a wild experiment and it's messy. And right now, we're sort of in a messy period, regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on. But I love the fact that we're in this moment because it's bringing more, more people into the conversation. And when we have more people, we can solve some of our complex problems, I think. So I, I love this moment. I, like, I have a lot of gratitude for it because I think it's going to make us stronger as we go downstream.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, and it's funny that you bring that up. It really is because I was just thinking about this because every once in a while I watch some of the videos, and I watch, you know, and I always do. I get I search in places for information that I wouldn't normally frequent, you know, so that I can get different perspectives and and whatnot. Um, But you know, when you think about America, two you know over two hundred years old, but in the scheme, grand scheme of things in the world, we're adolescents. We're like teenagers, you know. And and we're going through that, the same thing that you know teenagers go through, like who am I, what, you know, where am I supposed to be, and where do I fit in, type of thing. We think we know, but our actions aren't really show, showing that we really do. You know, so it's interesting that you bring that up like that.
1: No, I think we, I think that analogy as far as being a teenager as a parent who now ha- we used to have two teenagers, now I only have one because my oldest is now twenty. I, I think our behaviors. A lot like that and i think mm-hmm. there's i i know it's easy to be grateful for the skittles and the unicorns and rainbows of life but i also think it's very important to see our struggle and having gratitude for our struggles because once we get through it not if but when we get through mm-hmm. it we're stronger and we're better for it yeah. so i tend to look at what we're currently going through and all of the drama as a very good thing that will make our country better long haul as opposed to getting stuck in like the you know the the, the lens of loss and scarcity that yeah. so many of us are currently living under
0: yeah I totally agree I totally agree with that and uh, it's interesting to uh, consider what's to come so how would you describe yourself
1: well that's a, that's a good question I know you're going to ask me this because I'm a big fan of your show <laughs> Thank you. I, I would say I would describe myself in the way other people describe me so when I when people come to me, they obviously talk about my humor, they talk about my wisdom and from my corporate career. But the one thing they share with me is when I do my speaking or when they read my book, how relatable I am that, you know, that that's this sort of this real connection and this ability to be a great listener. And I think one of my superpowers is just resilience. And we'll get into like the punch in the gut here in a bit. I know, but those are some of the qualities that people bring forward when they when they come to me after a talk, and they're like, "Hey, that was really relatable. I really connected with it. I felt like you were actually talking just to me." And when I hear that type of feedback, that's that's probably the biggest you know smile producer I can ever hear. Right. So if I you know that one person in the audience, if I what I shared really resonated with them. I feel like I've done my job and not in a fanatical way, but just like, you know, guy up on stage connecting with someone in the audience and if their life, if their life changes because of that, uh, what a, what a great gift to be able to provide to
0: someone. Absolutely. That is a huge compliment. That makes me feel good. Just thinking about it. <laughs> I love that. So let's get a little bit more into what you know, what you got going on, what you're doing. Um, We're going to get into that kick in the gut moment here in just a minute, but ultimately, we want to know a little bit more about you and you know what you you mentioned a couple times. You had a corporate background. What did you do, and kind of what got you into? what you're doing today. And sometimes that kick in the gut moment is what got you into doing what you're doing today. i found after 200 some odd episodes uh, and conversations with many other guys uh, that a kick in the gut moment definitely (laughs) pushes people into doing something completely different, but let's get to know you a little bit more, get a little bit more personal.
1: Yeah, no. So yeah, we'll get to the kick in the gut. That definitely led led me to what I'm doing today, but coming out of school, I did what I thought society wanted me to do. Like get the gig, marry the girl, have the family. And the gig I went after was pharmaceutical sales. So I spent most of my corporate corporate life 22 years in the pharmaceutical industry and launching great drugs for Alzheimer's disease and breast cancer. The big drug I probably the most widely known drug I was associated with was a drug called Aricept which was for Alzheimer's disease, since gone generic. But I moved my career from just a little rep in Washington, DC, and I finished up as their corporate executive, heading up their specialty business unit. I was in charge of sales and marketing, had about a team of 1,000 at the peak of $4 billion in revenue. So I, I know as life, I like to be the individual contributor, but also the executive with all that responsibility. But now, and again, we'll get to my gut moment here, I now I help other leaders, help other sales and marketing leaders in the corporate environment. I try to help them quiet that inner critic in their head. I'm a big believer that our conversations drive everything, they build our relationships, they form our tribes and our societies. But one of the most important conversations we have every day is the one we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I try to help them not only with their like basic business skills, you know, delegation to talent management and communication and all that jazz, but I also try to help them slay that inner critic that they have in their head. Because we all have one, whether we want to admit it publicly or not, and it holds us back from really looking at the world through a lens of abundance. And so if I can do that, because I once saw the world a completely different way, so now I try to take my corporate experience and my life experience and help others quiet that, quiet that sucker so they can live they can live a life that's closer to their ideal. I call it complete success or I know you talk about this a lot, Wally, just becoming the best version of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do currently in my work. and it's I think it's my life's work. and it's it's one of the reasons why I'm still around today is to help other leaders live that life. So they can be the best possible versions of who they can be. And that is highly satisfying. A lot of gratitude each and every day that I get to do this. And I, sometimes I pinch myself that I actually get to do it.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. So what was the revelation? What was the uh, the catalyst that pushed you into doing what you're doing now?
1: Well, I call it my last bad day. So on July 11, 2001, I had that last bad day. So when this airs, it would be 6,300 plus days since my last bad one. I was out at a company meeting, was a classic corporate meeting that many of your listeners probably have been to. You arrive on Monday, you depart on Friday. And I'm an avid cyclist, so I brought my bike out. It was out in the middle of nowhere New Mexico, about 45 minutes north of Albuquerque and south of Santa Fe. And before one of the mornings, before the meeting began, I decided Ride my bike around the hotel property. I found a two-mile loop, and on the fourth lap of that two-mile loop, I came around a bend, and a Ford Explorer had crossed the center line of the road and hit me head-on. It was going about forty miles an hour, and I remember everything that day: the sound of me hitting his grill, into the windshield, the screech of his brakes, and the thud I made as I came to the asphalt below, and. The rest is like, you know, the rest is still a, vi- a very vivid memory. You know, the EMTs came. I was knocked unconscious as one would imagine. But when the EMTs came, you know, talking about humor, how I would describe myself or how others would describe me, I asked them the question that only another cyclist can really appreciate. I asked them, well, how's my bike? <laughs> and they looked at me and they're like, God, this guy is like messed up. We got to check him for, for a brain injury. But I knew like, I knew in that moment that my life was in question. I, just, the thought of moving hurt, like I, I couldn't move at all. And I was, I was scared to death. I wondered if this is what it felt like to die. And I remember just willing myself, Wally, not to fall asleep. I believed if I, if I could stay awake, I could control the situation. So I kept on telling myself, whatever you do stay awake, don't fall asleep. And I was sort of drifting in and out of consciousness and, You know, as they tried to, you know, save my life as they were, you know, and they did. And they called the medevac, the helicopter right away. That was going to take me to the trauma center in in Albuquerque at the University of New Mexico. And when that helicopter landed and they put me on the backboard and on the stretcher to get me into the helicopter, I told myself in that moment, if I live and I knew there was a question of that, that life would be different. I would stop chasing happiness. I was really good at it chasing happiness i'd be happy you know that sentence i'll be happy when dot Mm dot dot i was really good at answering that but never really good at capturing happiness because i was just chasing it all the time and it was a 19 minute flight to the university of new mexico there at albuquerque i remember every minute of it i went down into the trauma center and the first surgery lasted about 10 hours i needed 34 units of blood product um because what happened when the I broke a whole bunch of everything, but my left femur shattered. And when Mm. the left femur shattered, it lacerated my femoral artery. Mm. And so I was, I was a lucky, lucky man that day. And the next four days I spent in ICU until I came out of it.
0: Wow. Yeah, that'll do it, man. I'll tell you, I was a trauma specialist for a long time. I was a basically a not licensed paramedic, but I was a special uh, army special forces trained uh, medic <clears throat> and trauma was my specialty man that's all I want to do I wanted I don't want to be a nurse or anything like that I just want to do trauma and man just looking at the scene that's on your website uh and hearing your story it I just it takes me back to situations where I'm just like I just don't know if this guy's gonna make it I just hope he's got a strong will to live uh, and God is on his side, because those are the two things that have really saved the lives of so many people, and it sounds like it did for you as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know people tell me all all day long, you know, each and every day, like there was a reason why I lived. you know, I went back you know like what we just talked about the work I do today, and I think you know one of the reasons why I'm still here is to do the work I do today. but the doctors told doctors told my wife, and you can appreciate it w- with your background, they said, to her, if your husband was 10 years older or not in shape, he would have died before I got to the hospital. So Mm -hmm. my wife loves to joke. She's like, you know, that bike almost killed you, but the bike saved your life, right? So Mm -hmm. had I not been an avid cyclist, you know, I I probably would not have made it through that, through the, the significance of those injuries. But riding the bike put me in harm's way. But it was one of those freaky accidents that, you know, one could argue it should have never happened. The driver had a revoke license, and but here's here's the deal. You know, in life is that we can argue with reality all day long, but re, you know, reality always wins those arguments. And mm-hmm. and I was when I came out of the ICU, I was arguing with reality a lot. So the whole like attitude of gratitude or looking at things through a lens of abundance, I could not see any of it. I was a uh, I was a pretty dark and Bitter, bitter guy, you know, uh, I know you brought Chris worth on uh, no quit living a few months ago But he talks about being uh, better not bitter, but back in the early stages of my recovery. I was pretty bitter I thought life was really unfair and the only thing I could see was all the things I didn't have anymore and all the things I couldn't do anymore and I you know, I was just angry and revengeful and Thought well an eye for an eye, right? I wanted to get back to the driver because he took from me But I eventually learned like sitting in that stew of toxicity wasn't going to serve anyone well. Certainly wasn't going to help me become the best version of who I wanted to be.
0: Absolutely not. And guys, listen to this. Listen to this story because I know some of you – are in this position right now, or you at the very least know somebody who may be in this position and needs to listen to this conversation. So make sure you share this and go back and listen to it again if you feel the need to do that. Michael, so at what point did your uh, bestselling memoir shift, uh, Creating Better Tomorrows? When did that come about and who does that talk to?
1: Well, that, that came about as I was leaving corporate. And when I started telling my, as I started my firm Peloton Coaching and Consulting, so many people were like, "Oh my God, you got to write your book!" You know, it's going to be great for your speaking engagements. It'll be great for your business. And I, so I intellectually, Wally, I knew that. I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Everyone seems to have a book. You know, I would write it, but then I would get stuck. And I had all these journals though that I kept throughout my whole recovery. So I had all these notes, but I didn't really have a story flow. So I try to write and get stuck and try to write a little bit more and get stuck again. And then I realized, I was like, well, what's the book for? And I I didn't want it to be about my speaking and about my business because it was really about the message and trying to help other people understand that they can shift their life. They can shift their perspective. They don't have to keep on pouring all their stress within them and trying to like, repress it and restrict it and control it like I was before my last bad day. I, I look at the SUV as that big accident that released all that bad mojo that was shoving inside of me. And for other people, the SUV just comes in a different you know, form or fashion. It could be illness, it could be relationships ending. And so for me, it was really about getting the message out and then I realized, well, my girls who were three and a half years old and seven months old at the time of the accident, they never knew pre-accident daddy. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to write the book for them. Mm -hmm. And then for anybody out, out there that wants to shift their perspective on life, that may be going through a challenge current day, or have been through a challenge or know that, you know, with life, there's challenge, right? We all go through our own version of it. And although there's times where we love to compete, like who had it at the worst, but we all go through our, our own SUV, our own last bad day. And, you know, do we have the power to get through it? Do we have the resilience and the strong community and the strong mindset and, and faith and all that good stuff, right. To get through it. And that was the message I wanted to deliver to the reader. And uh, in, in it, I, I share in the last chapter, 20 ways of showing up 20 ways of being. So, People can become the best versions of who they can be, to reach that version of complete success, however they may define it. And I also decided that it was since it wasn't about my business, that we would donate all of the proceeds to charity. So all the proceeds go to an organization called World Bicycle Relief. They're based in Chicago, and they help girls conquer the challenge of distance by giving them the gift of mobility. So I lost my mobility for a while. I was in the hospital for three, three and a half months, I was in a wheelchair, you know, and I used to take my mobility for granted. We do that here in the mm-hmm. States. Everyone has a car and everyone can walk around and run around. And, and then you're like, wow, like when you lose it, you're like, oh, I wish I had it back. Right. You don't, you're not grateful for that in the moment. And then you really, and when you lose it, you're like, oh, I still want it back. So every time someone buys a copy of the book, they help someone halfway around the world and countries like Kenya and Malawi and Zaire, they help change a life somewhere else. And I'm a big believer if you change a life anywhere, you change lives everywhere. And for me, that's, um, that's a big warm fuzzy with shift that the, the reader can get some good relatable advice and wisdom from reading the story so they can make that important shift in their life. But in turn, it helps change a whole village, a whole community a different tribe, if you will, halfway around the world. And, uh, yeah, for me, that's pretty cool.
0: That is cool. And that's super abundant, uh, thought process. I absolutely love that. What are some other good news stories that have come out of the stories in your book and, and what your book has done for other people?
1: Well, so the, I, I, the stories that I've gotten most is just, you know, people have followed the lot of self development self-help experts. But the way I try to relate my story and share my story and shift and going back to again how people would describe it is very relatable. They're like, "Okay, I can do this. I can become I don't have to adopt someone else's version of success cuz out, you know, out there on the internet, you know, you have so many people sort of touting what success is. And you feel, well I think a lot of people feel like, well, if that's the definition of success, I have to go after that, you know, and we we chase likes and chase engagement and follows and this and that. And we don't really have a clear definition of it. And so when people read it, you know, I give them a chance to sort of just breathe and say, well, my definition of success is being the best that can possibly be mm-hmm. and achieve that version of complete success. And here, here's a pathway that I can start down to help me do just that. And so I see you know, I hear stories around improving their relationships with their spouse, because here's the big secret of the book. Although I'm my image may be on the cover, the star of my book is my wife.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> and I wanted, you know, I was writing it. I wanted to highlight, you know, and if I went to her and said, hey, here's my, here's my idea, she would have turned it down. She would have said, no way, because she's more private. But I really wanted people to realize, like, how amazingly strong she is and you know without her none of you know we wouldn't be the type of family we are today because she she was throwing a big old curveball like yeah I was on the stretcher but she had two young kids to deal with and a household to run and a husband that was laid up and and she she was absolutely amazing so i hear a lot of stories about shifting perspective shifting in mindset calming down being more present and and having more joy and gratitude in life, And I think that's one of the things that's missing current day is that people don't have enough gratitude and they don't have a, they don't even have a gratitude practice. I, God know, knows that I never had one before my accident, but I have one now. And I think if we can just adopt that, we can start getting closer to a better life.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And man, as you were describing <laughs> your wife, uh your you and your wife's relationship, exactly. It's spot on with my wife and I with Tracy and I and even with the book, the the original book I originally set out to write, which hasn't been written yet. I've written a book since then, but that one's still on the back burner. Not on the back burner, it's there. I'm just but the bottom line is this, she is the star. She's the catalyst of that whole book and the reason why I wanted to do that. Kind of my epiphany moment. So Yeah, I totally relate with that. So, Michael, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. you ready to do that, man? I am ready to do that. Yes. Awesome. Outstanding. All of you amazing small business owners out there, I want to talk to you for just a second. Are you still having fun in your business? Is it still as fun as you thought it would be two, three, four, five years ago when you first got started? Chances are, if it's not, it's because you're not making the revenue that you thought you would. You're putting more hours in than you ever imagined that you ever would put into a job and you're just really just kinda of keeping it afloat and that's not a great way to live. I want to help you with that. I want you to have as much fun as I'm having on a daily basis. I don't know that you'll be ever be able to work out of your home like I do because of the nature of your business but I want you to be able to spend more time with family and improve your health instead of degrade your health through spending more time at work more time in the business I want you working on your business instead of in your business now if this is your first exposure to me chances are you don't know me from anybody and I totally get it that you would question who is this Wally guy what can he really do for me so here's what I'm gonna do for you for all of you I'm gonna offer you 30 days free into two of my programs my DIY program, and my group mastermind program. I'm not gonna lay it all out right here because I wanna get back to the conversation, but go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. I've put a short video there introducing myself and I'll put some more information there that you can evaluate and take a look at what it is that I can do for your business. And look, I am willing to work with you for 30 days because I am very confident of the results that I can give you in your business in the first 30 days of you working with me. In fact, on our first 45-minute conversation, I'm going to show you where you have 10 dollars to $50,000 hidden in your business. That's child's play for me. I'm not only going to show you where that's at, I'm going to give you strategies on how to uncover that money that's hidden in your business. Now, you can either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. Now let's get back to the conversation. Share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today.
1: Well, here are the three grab a PBR, <clears throat> go scuba diving, and get out your safety pins. And I'm going to explain all three, Wally. So the PBR doesn't stand for Pap's Blue Ribbon <laughs> because life's too short to drink bad beer
0: 100 percent on that one
1: yeah no offense to the good men and women that work at pabst blue ribbon but pbr for me stands for pause breathe and reflect we are so busy doing in today's world uh, we i think many of us feel like we're hamsters on a wheel just being busy being busy that we're not pausing and it's so easy to get triggered and when we get triggered we don't really listen to connect with each other we just listen to reply trying to win every argument or every debate and not really being present so pbr for me became like a micro mindfulness practice or a micro meditation if you will when i was recovering where when i felt things were getting a little helter-skelter where i felt busy being busy i would just pbr it just pause breathe and in that moment of breathing, because our breath is the one thing that we have from the moment we, we are born to the moment we leave this planet, it just has a way of calming everything down so we can reflect, really. We can reflect about where we are now. I often say to my clients, you're um, you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second thought and your first action. So the PBR allows them to just be really thoughtful and mindful. as as they approach each and every interaction that they have, not not only at work, but just in their life. So I would say to the men of abundance, grab a PBR every now and again, maybe a few times a day. The second one, learn how to scuba dive, right? So, and this is cold water scuba. We tend to judge the tip of the iceberg, you know, all the behaviors that we see from others. So with an iceberg, 90% of the iceberg is underneath the water surface but we we tend to you know judge the behavior that we see, people that we work with, people in society. But we never dive underneath the water to understand someone else's perspective, their worldview, their thoughts, their emotions, all that stuff that drives the behavior. That's the goodness, the stuff underneath. But we tend not to go diving. So, and it's hard to go diving, right? We don't feel like we have time to do that, right? It's easier to just judge others. And when we're judging others, we don't have to look at ourselves in the mirror, right? It lets us off the hook. But the more we can dive deeper and really hear from others, hear about their perspectives, we can be curious. It doesn't mean that they're right and we're wrong or vice versa. It just means that as another human being, they have every right to their own perspective. And hopefully we can build that muscle of empathy so we can build stronger connections. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And I believe that's in our power and I believe we'll be able to do that, you know, as we go through what we're going through now. If we just dive a little bit deeper and try to shift our perspective or see things from maybe the point of view that other people see it. And the third one is um the safety pins. So my wife um will hear me say this all the time. Every now and again in life you have to pin a number on. So I got back to my bike, back to riding, back to racing. And every now and again, you gotta get in the game. You gotta you got to live life, you gotta pin a number on, toe the line at the start line and compete. You know, nothing's given to you that if you want, if you want a rich life, if you wanna be the best version of who you can be, you gotta get out the safety pins and pin a number on and be, be part of life and compete. And sometimes when you compete, you win sometimes you stumble and fall but if you have resilience you can get back up again and you pin a number on again and you keep on doing it so i would say those three things grab a pbr learn how to scuba dive and get out your safety pins
0: man brilliant absolutely wonderful message go back and listen to that guys i I was writing stuff down and i'll be posting that as well that's beautiful absolutely love it so what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life
1: well, the one daily habit I learned, God, this goes back like 10 years. First thing when I wake up, 20 ounces of water. When we walk around dehydrated in terms of our overall physical wellness. So that's the first thing I do. I get up, 20 ounces of water. I then set my priorities for the day. Now, I'm going to get a lot done, but I try to pick out the big three things that I'm going to spend a disproportional amount of time and energy on. And then I'll do some morning meditation I, you know I'd like to do it all seven days You know, I've, it's like common practice to get on podcasts and say well I've had a stretch for like seven years where I've meditated daily and I can't say that to you Wally and to your listeners but I try <laughs> the intention is I want to meditate every day and then I also want to move my body so the best time for me to work out is in the morning especially during the summers try to beat some of the heat and humidity so if I can do that if I can get my water on hydrate well Prioritize my day have some moments of meditation and move my body. I feel like I've set myself up for a pretty amazing day
0: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds very very familiar
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I think it's it's some of those basics that you know I'm a big believer that you know drip by drip pedal stroke Mm -hmm. by pedal stroke my analogy from the cycling days That's how you become successful you work hard today to create a better tomorrow and you keep on doing that and you strand a few of those together. And you can look back and say, wow, I've made a whole bunch of progress. And as other people are waiting for like the the big lightning bolt moment, we're just doing some of the basics really, really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Just sticking with the basics. Consistency. What are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our abundant leaders to read and why?
1: Well, so there's a couple books that I recommend. They're actually part of my bookstore if you will i don't get any credit for it but i just have them up on my up on my website one is conversational intelligence by judith glazer so that's a little bit more textbooky than anything else but there's neuroscience you know there's things happening in our body and our brain with our stress hormones when we have a great conversation and when we have a conversation that misses the target so she's done some beautiful research and shares her understanding in, in terms of how to have a better conversation, which is co-creation in in nature and spirit and also transformational. I mean, going back to just my overall philosophy that if you want a strong network, if you want healthy relationships, you gotta first look at the conversations that you're having. So that's one book that I often recommend is Conversational Intelligence by Judith Glazer. I'm a big fan of Stephen Pressfield's Resistance. Or story about resistance in the the um, war of art. So you know we've heard about the the art of war, but this is the war of art. And so Stephen Pressfield talks about how to get past that inner critic in our head, the resistance that holds us back. So I just I love that. So I love the whole concept of that because most people let their inner narrative get the best of them and hold them back from their you know being really as bold as they can and create the, create the type of joy and happiness that they want in their life. And I guess the third book I would say is Seth Godin's the dip. So, uh, I'm a, that's, uh, the book this month for my Academy. So it's front and center for me, uh, this month. So I would say I'd recommend that one too.
0: I haven't read that one. I've read some Seth Godin stuff and, and was on his blog for a while. Um, but I'll have all of those linked up in the show notes for sure. The, um, war of art that one's on my bookshelf that's a very good book and guys yeah michael's mentioned re- resilience several times throughout our conversation and he's also mentioned uh having conversations with yourself and you know i've said this many times before especially for those and this is especially to those of you who are just jumping on and getting to know the show and getting to know me but you're always talking to yourself usually it's that negative talk so when you change that up amazing things start happening in your lives and you start making those big shifts that you want uh, just by changing your, your dialogue on how you're talking to yourself and what you're saying. So I greatly appreciate that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance?
1: Well, I think it, what you just said, Wally, is that inner critic voice in their head. It's I have a, On my website, I have a resilience quiz so people can check it out and take it. And I ask a question to those who take it like well what's holding you back from achieving complete success and the number one answer by far is like too much worry self-doubt and maybe some anxiety so they you know people just get in their own headspace and i think it really holds them back from seeing life as abundantly as you know the listeners of the show you know it just because it's almost like blinders that we put on and it distorts our view and if we can take those off we can see you know, we can see all the things that we still can do and all the things that we still have. And for me, that was my big aha. That was my big shift because I had such a focus around scarcity and loss. Like all I could f- fixate on was everything I couldn't do. And I was so mad at that. I was so angry. I was actually becoming anger. Right. I was like it, it sort of became me as opposed to experiencing anger. I was becoming anger. And then I realized, well, I had to shift my mindset and I had to shift that narrative that conversation i was having with myself and developed a process to be able to do that so i could see the world through a lens of abundance and we all have that inner critic we are, it all po- pops up for all of us including myself and i know including you the real question is how long does it influence us like mm-hmm. how quickly can we shift out of it so when it pops up maybe it doesn't stay with us for the whole day or the whole week or the whole month but maybe it's just a few hours or a few minutes and so we can shift from that negative story to one where it's more positive faster. And I think that's a key thing to life is being able to make that pivot as quickly as possible. And you need to have awareness to do that. But I think that's the big thing that holds people back is just listening to that self doubt in our head. You know, we, it's like our, the worst boss we've ever worked for is the one in our head and uh, holds us back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask a follow on question to that because this is very important to me. Um, And that is, how do you what do you feel is a few, maybe one or two techniques to get yourself out of that thought process? Because like you said, even myself, you know, living this life of abundance, I have the mindset, gratitude, the whole bit. But there's times where I'm just sitting here going, man, is all this worth it? Am I doing this right? You know, if I launch this new product or this new book or this new course, what are people going to It all, it comes to me as well. What do you, what do you suggest to guys to do for that?
1: Yeah. So three words and I'll expand on it is awareness, acceptance, and action. So going back to what I recommended to guys, like grab the PBR. So in our, in our life, you know, you could look at it sort of like a, a clock or a circle. We have events in our lives. And then we have a trigger, right? And the trigger starts that story in our head. And this is where I recommend to people, once we have awareness that we've been triggered, is to pause, breathe, and reflect, grab that PBR. And in that reflection, instead of going right into our storytelling, what I call making shit up, the MSUing of our lives. So we we pause and reflect and say, okay, what do we want out of this? And we start working backwards, right? So then we're we determine like, okay, what result do we want? And then, okay, if we want that result, what um, what behaviors, what actions do we need to take? And then in order to take those actions, what story do we need to tell ourselves that's more positive in nature to help us drive forward with that? Because those thoughts, our stories, drive those emotions and drive our behaviors. So, so it starts with awareness, like when are we triggered, acceptance, knowing that, hey, we're human, we're going to get triggered. You know, there are things that are really important to us. Like if we have, if we see something in the world that doesn't agree with our values, we're going to get triggered. If we have something bold and new that we want to do, and it's a little scary and it's public, well, it's natural for us to have a little bit of nerves. And so just accepting that whatever we're feeling is a normal part of being a human being and not beating ourselves up for beating ourselves up. Right, sort of the whole like, a lot of people out there get anxious about being anxious, and so PBRing allows us to sort of just accept that. The action piece is that sort of reverse engineer what we want. So, event trigger. Instead of going right into our story, that inner critic voice, we grab a PBR and then we work backwards. What result do we want? What behavior do we need to get that result? And then what story do we need to tell ourselves is more positive? that will drive everything forward. And that's, that's a quick way to sort of get out of that cycle of storytelling, that negative storytelling that so many of us you know, have grown accustomed to. It's been sort of hardwired in our brain since we were like five years old, mm. right? Um, and so we have to lay down new stories to replace some of the, the limiting stories that are so prevalent in our library of stories in our brain Uh, so working through this self-narrative process can help help guys do that
0: wow yeah absolutely that's brilliant i love that thanks for sharing that and i apologize for throwing that one on you it wasn't no problem
1: it was good no i (laughs) I love i love um i love talking about this stuff because i was there before my accident and the reality is as a coach and a speaker as an author i still go there i -hmm. still like I'm, i'm human just like anybody else like just like all the big icons out there on social media, we all have these moments. Mm-hmm. And the key is, you know, shifting out of them as quickly as possible and not letting them sort of ruin our day or ruin our weekend or, in some with some people it ruins a whole year. And life's too short for a year to be ruined just because we got a bad inner critic story happening in our brain.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, um... For some people, it just ruins their whole life. I mean, it's just Absolutely, I, yeah. too. I live too close to that uh, for many years, uh, from from very very young. So, guys, take take heed in that and practice it, and go there and take that resiliency test. I just know it's going to help in one way or another. So, what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Michael?
1: It means seeing the world through all the different things that we have and still can do, and having that appreciation and gratitude each and every day. So I think pausing during the course of the day and I happen to do it at night and I just, you know, I, I pause and share my gratitude for the micro victories in life, but also the macro, but also having that gratitude, as I mentioned earlier for the struggle, because I think the struggle helps us become stronger and better and smarter. And so if we can see the world through that lens, I think that's a a life of abundance and it's not rose colored glasses and it's not rainbows and unicorns. I'm not trying to do that, but we we get to point our eyes in any particular direction, sort of in the spirit that we go where our eyes go. So if we point our eyes in the direction of possibilities and abundance, we're going to see more of that. If we point our eyes in the direction of limit and loss and scarcity, well, we're going to see more of that. So when, When we're following your lead and what you do each and every day with with your work in this podcast, I think it's pointing our eyes in a direction that we can go towards towards more of a life of abundance. And to me, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, that visualization is so, so important. One analogy I'll throw in here that I heard from a a guy who was an instructor for kayaking, uh, whitewater rafting, actually. And he said, there's many obstacles down the river. And some of the biggest obstacles are those huge boulders, those huge rocks that you have to get away from. But if you focus on the rock, you are always going to hit the rock every single time. And he's got to tell his team over and over again, don't look at the rock. Look at where we got to go. Look at where we want to go. We have to get over there to that clear water. That's where you look that's where we're going to go. And there's so many other analogies for it, but that was just one that really stuck with me because I like water sports. <laughs> it just, it just makes so much sense.
1: Total sense. You know, and the same for cycling. If you're going through turns and stuff like that, if you, if you, if you look at the pothole, no doubt you're going to hit the pothole. <laughs> and the same for business, same for life. We, like we're looking for all the potholes and we hit them all and we're like, Yep, yeah, well, see, and it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. So I I love I love the analogy, the kayaking analogy. Having been whitewater rafting a few times, it's so easy to focus in on the big boulders, but mm. if you wanna if you wanna do the run successfully and not kill yourself, you you have to look in a different direction.
0: One of the things I was just thinking of when you were saying that the reason why I was chuckling is every, you ever watch the videos of the kids first bike ride? Yes. And they every, they're like magnets to cars, poles and anything stationary. It's because they're looking right at it, and that's exactly what, all the space in the world, and they got to hit that pole in the middle of the yard.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and what we also tell them when they first start riding is, like, don't fall. Yeah, don't
0: it's fall like, and don't hit like the pole. It's like don't fall
1: and they fall or don't, don't, you know, don't spill the milk and we spill the milk. Don't hit the pothole or the pole. We hit the pothole of the pole. And, you know, it's, it's like how many more examples do we need to believe that really, truly – we do go where our eyes go and Mm. you got to be really smart about what you're paying attention to.
0: Yeah. And put your mind there too. Your eyes are in your mind's eye. Absolutely. You bet. So brother, we are going to close this up. Amazing conversation. Before we let you go, what do we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today?
1: Well, I would say I want to start just by thanking you for what you're doing. Right. So I want to make, you know, I think the guys out there, you I'm going to give you a plug Wally just to share Wally's work you know his and share the podcast not necessarily this episode if you want to share this episode that's awesome but I think Wally what you're doing to help men and I think you know we're at a point in 2018 here that we need to come together as men to help shape shape our community shape our country and what you know what you do in service to others and obviously you served you know you served ultimately our nation through your military service, which I'm very grateful for. But the work that you continue to do, I think, is worth sharing. And I just want to make a recommendation out there to the listeners to to share your work because we need we need more Wallies of the world to make this place a better place.
0: I greatly appreciate that. I really do. And we are certainly going to have your website linked up, com. I'll have that linked up in the show notes for sure. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, for guys to get a hold of you?
1: Well, the, the one good way is that resilience quiz. So they can go to the website and take it. You can also send a text. You text SHIFT, S-H-I-F-T, to seven so two zero zero zero, so 72,000. They can do that right on their phone as they listen because they're probably listening to our show, our conversation on their phone. So... Once this is done, just send a text to SHIFT7200. And you can actually get me directly through like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, but just send a email to michael at pelotoncc.net. And that's the best way to get me if they don't get me through my website.
0: Excellent, absolutely wonderful. Man, again, it was a wonderful conversation. I learned a lot. I really love the uh, the content and your your acronym PBR. That's a good one. I'm definitely going to be using that. And uh, man, just go out and live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward like you have been, Michael. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Wally. Thanks for having me on. And I hope the listeners got a pearl or two today.
0: My pleasure. All right, guys, I have two action steps for you today. One is to realize what may have been your last bad day. If you haven't had that event yet, then consider somebody else's, consider Michael's, consider any of the other kick in the gut moments that you've heard here on Men of Abundance, and let that be your last bad day, meaning put it into perspective. Realize just how abundant and how grateful you are in your life for all the blessings that you have in your life. The other action step I have for you today is right in line with our conversation today. What if you lost everything today? Kind of like your last bad day. What if you lost it all? What would you do? Go to wallyrecommends.com forward slash 30 days and check out that video that Russell has there and see what he has to offer and get a hold of those videos and that book. I'm telling you, you never know when your last bad day is going to be. You never know if you're going to lose everything because it happens like that. It happens in a second. To those and everyone I've had this conversation with always said, I didn't think it could happen to me. I assure you it can. And this challenge that Russell is doing will prepare you for that. It will help you build something on the side while you're still doing what it is that is secure in your life today. And I'm using air quotes for secure because nothing is truly secure. Start building something of your own. And I assure you, What Russell has put together in those videos and that book are going to give you some amazing ideas of what you can start doing today while you have your day job, while you have your other business that may or may not be doing well. It'll give you some amazing ideas to at least fall back on if something ever does happen. But I suggest you start building something today. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.